With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast. Hour 2. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number, 877-973-7425. As always, you can text Eric, E-R-I-C-K. You know, I was telling you to text data, but if you text Eric to 33777, you can click the link to my daily email there. You're going to want to subscribe this weekend. You don't have to do the paid subscription. You're going to want to subscribe for the stuff I'm sending out this weekend. Um, and I think it'll be worth it for you. Now, um, I have a friend who is with me, um, by phone. It is my buddy, David Nicholas of Nicholas wealth management. You probably saw him yesterday on Fox, uh, talking about the economy with Stuart Varney, David, welcome to the program. Hey, Eric, great to be here. Wish it was better circumstances, but great to be here. Yeah, okay. So, you know, just I want to timestamp this for people because we're talking, if you're listening to delay, it's it's October 6th, it's 107, the Dow's up 239, the NASDAQ up 160, but there's been so much turmoil with, uh, we've got a really good jobs number that now people are fretting the Federal Reserve may keep rates higher for longer because of it, and at the same time, We've got this bond yield that is really starting to spook everybody on Wall Street and in Washington because it's so much higher than the Congressional Budget Office says we can have to maintain budget discipline. Um, How do you synthesize what's going on out there right now? Yeah, I mean, it's a mess. I mean, I, we got the jobs number this morning, and it's funny because initially I was really excited about that, right? The number was 336,000 jobs, which on the surface, you're saying, wait a second, this is great. We've got a growing economy. We're creating hundreds of thousands of jobs. But when you peel back the onion, it, it's actually not as good as it looks on the surface. So you really had about a third of jobs were really in government. So you had government, you had travel, and you had health care. That made up 70% of the new jobs created were in government, healthcare and travel, which are generally part-time and not full-time jobs. So what is that telling us? It's telling us that the government's share of the economy is growing a lot faster than the private market. And that, that's not what we want, Eric. That, that's not a growing, thriving economy. We, we want to see manufacturing jobs going, growing. We want to see services growing. We want to see other areas, technology growing. So that's not encouraging, but it's just, I'll tell you, the, 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 we've seen rates skyrocket. And if you want to know, if you're someone that doesn't follow this every day, like hopefully most of us don't have to, but it, why are rates going up? It's because of the ungodly amount of money the Federal Reserve is spending every month. I mean, just for 2023, Eric, we're going to have a $2 trillion deficit. And this is in peacetime, right? I know we've got, you know, in Europe, there's a war going on. But here at home, this is in peacetime. There's, this is really unacceptable. It's, it's really unheard of when you essentially have what is, in some ways, a growing economy to still have a $2 trillion deficit. And the, the problem is tax receipts for the government were down 10%, but spending's up 10% in general. Social Security spending's up 11%. Medicare spending's up 18%. Medicaid's up 6%. And then interest expense is up 40%. 
And this is the part that just really, for years I've been saying that by 2025, we will spend more on interest than our, than our national defense. Well, guess what? Now, now this year we're going to spend more on interest than we, were when we, than we will paying our men and women in uniform. And so the situation is really spiraling out of control. And the reason we're seeing rates go higher is because the government has to just issue more and more debt every single month. And that's why you got to have buyers. The buyers are gone. And the buyers are demanding higher rates if they're going to tie their money up for 10, 20, or even 30 years. They're demanding higher rates. And that's where we're seeing rates go higher, Eric. Yeah, okay, that's okay. That's a great point here because I mentioned yesterday from the Wall Street Journal that uh, for the first time since 1930, excluding war and recession, uh, our deficit, not the national debt, but the deficit this year is 7% of GDP, uh, which again, since 1930, outside of World War II, the Vietnam War, Gulf War, we haven't seen that happen. Uh, and it doesn't actually seem like either party in Washington, it's not a Democratic problem, it's a bipartisan problem that anybody really has a clue. And, you know, I remember uh, talking to Paul Ryan several years ago, back when he was speaker, so during the Obama era, and I asked him, it was on a radio interview, what, what's the thing that keeps him up at night? And he said uh, the, the bond yield, that if the bond yield spikes, that it suddenly becomes increasingly uh, destabilizing to our budget numbers in Washington, and the math no longer works. Now, for a long time there, the bond yields were fine. For about 20 years, it, it stayed below 3% or so. And suddenly, we're to that point of, that was keeping Paul Ryan up a decade ago that we can't actually make the math work to fund the federal budget because of the money we're having to spend on just the the, the um, what debt service. This becomes destabilizing. It's spot on. And this can probably get a little wonky, but Eric, what you were just describing about the deficit, if you just look at the debt, so we, we've kind of gotten away with it for the last 20 years. Why? Because the economy in a lot of ways was doing pretty well. We had, we had some pretty good real growth. But, so, but now, though, you have the, the national debt is growing faster than GDP by its largest margin in history. So th- this is really where the challenge rises. I mean, two weeks ago, we crossed $33 trillion. Today, We've added $400 billion to the debt in the last couple of weeks. This is just a crazy. I know we had the, not this past almost government shutdown, but the government almost shut down before where we had the debt ceiling issue. Since that debt ceiling, which was just what, in May, we've added $2 trillion to the debt. So this is, the, the problem here is that the government, we, we could afford, I didn't like it, I didn't agree with it, but we could actually afford to take on debt when the government was issuing debt at 2%. But just for the month of October, and this is just insanity. I know these numbers start to merge all together. But the government will have to issue three hundred, roughly three hundred billion dollars in debt. They're not issuing this at two percent. They're issuing this at five percent. And if I just, this is where it just really gets depressing. But if you if you look ahead, so look at twenty twenty seven, just the interest on our debt, right? So we're sitting at seven hundred billion in interest today. Just the interest will be close to three trillion dollars. So. $3 trillion is just to pay our credit card payments with our national debt. That's more than what we take in in income tax revenue today. We take in about $2.3 trillion in total income tax revenue, not including payroll corporate. So just our interest expense will be more than what we take in by taxing every single American. And I, I know you talk about this, Eric, and it's like I, I don't like sounding alarmist. It's not – but I don't think Americans realize what is happening right now in front of our eyes. There's actually a crisis brewing, and it's strictly it's a fiscal crisis. 
And I wish you could blame one party and say, great, it's the other person that did all this. But you could go back and look at Republicans and Democrats. I think they've gotten so addicted to bloated big government that they forgot what the role of limited government was. And this is the result. And at some point, we've got to pay it. And I think it's happening right now in front of our eyes. Americans are going to have to pay for this. And just one thing to keep in mind, Eric, the current tax rates, which, by the way, are the lowest they've been in 50 years, expire in 2025. And so the question I have, do you think our politicians are going to get together in a room in 2025 and say, you know what, the American people are working so hard. Taxes are already at 50-year lows. Our debt's at all-time highs. Let's go ahead and lower taxes even more. It's it's probably not going to happen. So there's a tax storm coming just right around the corner, Eric. Okay, so in this upbeat, happy, and cheery conversation we're happening, David, uh, Maranatha here, um, how do you advise individuals who are worried about this? I mean, what can just an individual American do? Yeah, so, so here's the good news. It, it also depends on where you are in this, in this life cycle of investing, right? I, I think that, obviously, you, you want to get out of debt as much as possible. I always say, look, if you're going into retirement, you want, to, you want to have your home paid for, you want to get out of debt as quickly as possible, because if you're carrying debt, its floating rate is going to go up. But here's the good news. I'll, get, I'll give us some positive news. Right now, investors can actually get pretty good returns without taking on a lot of risk, right? We just mentioned all the, the debt that, that gov- our government is issuing. You can get five, five and a half percent on treasuries with no risk to your principal. And this is why at, at, at our firm, Eric Nicholas Wealth, we've been shifting more and more clients into treasuries because really, the, and we even launched a treasury fund, but why would I go out and take the risk of the market right now? Even, even if I'm a little bit younger, right? Even if I'm in my 40s, I can sit back, get five and a half percent with no risk on treasuries. And I just think in the, in the interim that we're in, right, we're in a pre-election year, I think it makes sense to have more defensive uh, places to go in your portfolio, and you don't have to rely on equities, at least not for right now in the short term. So I guess I should do at this moment a, a full disclosure that, that I actually am invested in your, your fixed income alternative ETF um, uh, with, with the bonds because I just it, it does make sense to me. Uh, now, I'm not a financial advisor. You are. But when you can get five percent rate of return from the u.s government and the odds of them defaulting are are almost zero we hope um that's not a bad deal uh, particularly for even people headed into retirement you want five percent on your money that's not a bad deal but that's exactly right so take take agg so agg is blackrock which i could go on and on about the negative <laughs> of blackrock but blackrock's agg fund is the, one of the most popular bond funds in the world 90 billion dollars so if you're listening right now you probably have AGG in your retirement portfolio. You don't even realize it. Well, if you look at it, AGG is down 2% year to date. So it's not been a good year for bonds, but our treasury fund, because of the way you know, we're owning government bonds, they're having better yield, it's up 1% year to date. And the ticker on that is FIX. So this is why it's just important to know what you own in our portfolios, Eric. I would just tell us, it's, if this is not the time like we could have done the last few years, just close our eyes and say, you know what, I'm just going to look at this thing in a year. I really think you, you've got to take a, a good look at your portfolio. And, and like, I'm optimistic about the future. I really am. I hope I was just listening to your monologue before, Eric, and it was so good. But I, I'm hopeful for the future. I think we'll have hopefully bright leaders that can come in. But, but I do think between now and the next probably 12 to 16 months, it's going to be a turbulent time for markets. And I, I just think you don't have to put yourself through this when you've got treasuries and other things that are yielding 5 to 6%. I think it makes a lot more sense right now. Yeah, I'm well. I'm glad you said that. Uh, and you know, I, I got to tell you, and I'll tell you with the audience, I I, I decided I would set up the, the a, a treasury direct account. And like, you know what? I'm I'm going to try to buy a bond myself. 
Well, they said they would mail me the account information once I filled out the online form, good government. I never got it. So I went in last night. It's like, you know, I never got that form. I need to go back in. And they're like, well, you've set up the account, but you don't have your account number. So you need to email us. So I emailed and then I got a reply back and said, unless this is about a pre-existing account, we're too busy to help you right now for you new people. Um, You're going to have to try us back next month. I'm like, don't you want my money, government? I'm willing to give you some. I mean, leave it to them to make it completely complicated to give them money, right? They'll hire yes. IRS agents to go out and get us. But when Literally, we're actually saying, hey, I want to give you money, that we, they can't figure that out. You apply online, and then they mail you the account information before you can even do anything. It's like only the government would come up with a system like that. <laughs> that is a perfect uh, example of why everything is failing right now when it's coming out of the federal government. That right there is a perfect example. Yep. Well, listen, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And thank you for, for breaking this down and doing a better job than I could on it. Um, as always, uh, you want to give your, your website if people are interested in reaching out? Absolutely. Yep. So our website is nicholaswealth.com. If you have questions, you can call us 678-990-8500, 678-990-8500 or nicholaswealth.com. Well, and, and I mean, full disclosure, folks, I've got an account with David. I, I do ads for those of you listening nationally. I do ads for David in Atlanta. And um, thank you for, for breaking this down for us. It, it's spooky, but also a little bit reassuring that the bond yield is good for everybody right now. Absolutely, Eric. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah, the bond yield is great for you individually, but as a nation, oh, it's not a good setup. All right. Uh, 877-973-7425. That's the number. Um, I will step out here for a minute. When we come back, happy to take your phone calls. It's an open line Friday. I've been teasing, though, this data point. This data point is probably the single biggest indicator of societal decline in the United States. It is we there's now a one piece of data for which no other country on the planet can claim title to it. Only the United States. And claiming title to it is a bad thing because it actually directly correlates to the decline of society. And you need to understand, not be offended by the data point. You need to understand the data point. I'll tell you what that data point is at the bottom of this hour. You got to stay tuned. It will blow your mind. Guys, if you're a small, mid-sized business, you're struggling with HR issues, you have employees not showing up, or you got to do a termination, you need onboarding of employees, maybe there's a sexual harassment complaint. You want an HR manager. You don't want to be the bad guy with your employees. Bambi can play the role of HR for you. $99 a month, available by phone, email, real-time chat. They do onboardings, terminations. They help your team members get to peak performance. And your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations, regardless of which state. They're great. Now, they're U.S.-based. They, you got somebody to talk to who's dedicated to your team They give you access to HR expertise, and they add personal touches. So even though they're outsourced by your company, they really feel like they're a part of your team. That matters. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast. When you sign up, it'll help my show. Bambi.com, B-A-M-B-E-E.com, Bambi.com, Eric Erickson in the podcast tab. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, and you can be a part of the program, 877-973-7425. I want to take a phone call. Esther's been waiting very patiently. Welcome to the show, Esther. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I wanted to ask the government, 
we, we taxpayers, because that's where the government gets its money from, the government is paying these hotel owners to shelter all of these illegals. Where is that money coming from? I mean, I know the House votes to, to appropriate the money. Right. So when did they do this? Uh, well, a lot of it is actually, Esther, it's coming from the state governments. Uh, so New York is footing the bill with New York taxpayer dollars. Uh, Illinois is footing the bill with Illinois taxpayer dollars. Now, some is coming from the federal government as part of the Homeland Security Appropriations budget. Um, so Homeland Security in the budget is is appropriated money to deal with the illegal immigrant situation, and it's very vaguely worded. It's to deal with this situation. And so uh, they can use the money to cover the cost and to subsidize state governments. But most of the money is actually coming from uh, the state of New York and the state of, of Illinois and, and Texas uh, flowing in. Texas gets more supplementation from the federal government because the federal government drops the people off in Texas and presumes they're going to stay there. So Texas gets some help from the federal government more than the other states. But uh, those of you who are listening right now, and you're in Connecticut, you're in New York, you're in Illinois, uh, some of these places that now are having an uptick in um, illegal immigrant populations being dropped off, it's your state government spending your tax dollars in those states uh, using uh, humanitarian line items in state budgets to be able to cover those costs. And you should be upset about it um, because it, it's cutting into the money available in your state to deal with other homeless problems and things like that. Um, it just deeply infuriating. And here we are. Uh, and it, it is, it, it's something that should make everybody mad. Esther, that's a great question. I don't think people understand that by and large, it is state level appropriations not federal appropriations. The federal appropriations are going to the places where the federal government sends people. But when Greg Abbott or Ron DeSantis send these illegal immigrants somewhere else, well, that then it's it's not Texas paying for it, it's the others. Now, I want to save you some money in, in everything going on out there. And if you ship packages regularly, you can save money up to 84% off post office and UPS rates with stamps.com. And all you need is a computer and printer. You can find the cheapest options, the fastest shipping options. They make it so easy. I'm a longtime customer. I, I used this yesterday to overnight a package to a buddy of mine. Um, you get access to the post office and UPS services from your computer or mobile device anytime, day or night. There's no lines. There's no traffic. There's no waiting. If you're low on supplies, you can get those from stamps.com shipped to you. You can schedule package pickup at your home or office. It's so easy. Over a million businesses use it. You sign up today with code ERIC for a special offer. You get a four-week trial, free postage, free digital skill. You do not have a long-term commitment. You do not have a long-term contract to sign. You go to stamps.com. You click on the microphone. You put in my name, ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Give it a try. If you send a lot of stuff, it's so worth it. Um, you you box up your stuff. You slap on a label. I got a little printer that does it. Stamps.com takes care of everything. Stamps.com. Click on the mic. Put in my name, ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425 if you want to be on the program. Uh, we we got to – so uh, I'm diving into a topic that regularly will get me hate mail from a certain class of person. And it does not matter how empathetic – 
or sympathetic or compassionate or kind or caring or anything else. It does simply doesn't matter. I'm going to get the hate mail from people with heightened sensitivities on a very difficult issue. But it is an issue that marks societal decline more than any other. And it is an issue that suggests if we don't get a handle on this and turn it around, um, we really are a nation in decline. And it is, it's a choice. But I need you to know something. This is a choice out of the hands of government. This is a choice about you and your life and what you yourself have chosen to do with your life. The United States has more children being raised by a single parent than any other country on the planet. There's not really a close second place. The global average is 6.8%. The United States is 23%. Second place is Russia at 18%. Um, this is not good. Now, you also need to understand that I'm not talking about divorced couples. I'm not talking about divorced couples, although they're, they're part of the statistic. What I am particularly talking about are people who never got married. It's a sign of societal decline when um, women give birth and there's no husband around to raise the child. Or in some cases, although it's it's rarer, it's the, the man who raises the child and the mother's gone. I actually, we, we know a family. Actually, I know a growing number of families with the one most prominent that comes to mind where the mom walked out one day. She decided she wanted to go live her best life now and left the dad with the three kids, uh, her never to be seen again. Sad situation. So let me let me layer on top of this another data point. So the, the data point you've got to understand, and you should be bothered by it, is the number of children in this country raised in single-parent households exceeds all other country on the planet right now. And the the problem with that is that in societies with that high number, Russia is number two, for example. Um, it becomes economically destabilizing because it provokes a cycle of poverty. So now let me add in a second data point so you understand what I'm talking about. Poor boys, poor boys in particular from rural America, wind up doing significantly better financially as adults than poor boys from urban America. Poor boys from rural America 
tend to exceed their income levels of their family when they grow up than do poor boys from urban areas. In other words, a poor boy in particular from rural America winds up economically better off than his family when he grows up than a poor boy from an urban area who tends to remain at the same level of poverty as his parents. Do you know why? Per capita, a poor boy from rural America is more likely to be raised in a two-parent home than a poor boy from urban America. And this transcends race, you should know. In rural America, there are many more two-parent black and white households than in urban America. In urban America, there are a lot of single households, disproportionately so in the black community, but also the white community. Rural Americans who are poor tend to get married and stay married. Now, what I would say, this is the cataclysmic fallout of the sexual revolution. If it feels good, do it. Don't worry about the consequences. Sex used to be about procreation. Now it's about pleasure. There's something to be said about how our country is just just screwed up because of the sexual revolution. It, it completely upended uh, the moral structures of society and so much data overwhelmingly in ways you're not supposed to talk about it shows that a two-parent nuclear household is the best way in which to raise a children. And when I say hate mail, this is where the hate mail comes in. I have learned over the years it does not matter how compassionate, how caring, how sympathetic, how empathetic – uh, it does not matter what I say or do to the point I've almost given up on even trying to nuance the discussion. It doesn't matter what I say or do. I am going to get hate mail before the weekend from a single mom. I am. I am going to get hate mail from a single mom who's going to feel insulted by what I'm saying. It happens every damn time. I talk about the subject, and I'm sorry, I, I should use better language than that and talk about this, but I, it, it frustrates me to no end. Uh, it's not. It, it's probably not about you, and yet someone is going to get offended. You know, I literally, and I mentioned this before, God's honest, true story, when I talk about Father's Day on this radio program, I always get hate mail from a single mom. It's always a different mom. It's not the same mom. I always get hate mail. Why aren't you talking about me? It's Father's Day. That's why. Talked about you on Mother's Day. Don't try to be belittling. I, I don't try to be rude, but I've almost given up trying to exercise some level of myth, empathy here because it's always someone hears it and gets offended, and I suspect that that offense has more to do with their guilt and, and me amplifying it in some way by talking about this subject, and they feel the need to lash out at me as opposed to getting the point. If you're in a situation where you are a single mom or a single dad, God bless you for the hard, hard work you are doing. If you are a single mom whose husband walked out, that's on him. It's not on you. You're doing the best you can. But if you are a young woman in this country, you're pregnant, and the dad is not in the picture, you need to figure out a way to find a relationship with someone who can help you raise the child in a two-parent loving household. And I know women in this situation who uh, fell in love after getting pregnant, and, and God bless the man who came in, and, and they made a marriage, and they made it work. It's not easy. It is exceedingly hard. 
but this is a wake-up call for our society that we typically don't think about, but it actually is the number one red flag for societal collapse is children being raised in single-parent households, and we set the record on planet Earth right now. We used to not. Now, why is this? Now, you you can you can take theology if you want. God said, "Be fruitful and multiply." You get married, you have kids. It's the structure God intended. But you don't have to take theology. You can take the democracy of the dead. The democracy of the dead, uh, G, uh, G.K. Chesterton phrase that essentially the the nutshell version of it is society through trial and error over thousands of years figured out the way to work. And at some point, thousands of years ago, society realized the most stable way for the future of society is for a man and a woman to get married and stay married to raise their children. And in the last 50, 60 years in the West, particularly in this country, we decided that those thousands of years of trial and error to figure out the most stable way to stabilize and perpetuate a society is a load of horse manure, and we're going to do it our own way. And what have we got? Societal collapse. It is a particular arrogance of people in the here and now to think that they know more, are better and more sophisticated than the people from 100, 200, 300, or 2,000 years ago. We stout can't, <laughs> here's my tie-in today, Joe. We can't figure out why Roman concrete is superior to our concrete, and yet Roman concrete stands the test of time and it lasts 2,000 years continually getting stronger, and our concrete can't hold up after 100 years, and we don't know why. The Romans learned a few things we haven't figured out. One of the things even the Roman Empire learned was that a two-parent household is far more stabilizing to society. The Roman emperors used to lament the rise of single families. The Roman emperors, yes, Augustus himself, poured research and effort into trying to figure out ways through the Roman tax code to stabilize families. It's true. You can look it up. He lamented it. 2,000 years ago, the very first emperor of Rome was concerned about the decline of two-parent households in the Roman Empire and set about trying to figure out how to improve the situation through tax credits and tax breaks, among other things. True story. Y'all, I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm not critical or criticizing. Everyone in life is going through something. Everyone in life has a difficult path. Sometimes through external events, it's even worse. You are listening to someone, maybe yelling at someone right now who's coming through your radio, who at one point in my life had to contemplate raising children by myself because of my wife's health. Uh, expected to live at one point, diagnosed was given six months to live and another two years to live. And thank God she's still around. I get it. Life isn't fair. Life is hard. Life sucks and then you die. But what I'm telling you is decline is a choice and it's not the choice just of the government. You have it in your power to improve the situation of the country through yours and your children's life choices. 
it's hard, it's difficult. Sometimes you fail and you got to stand back up and you got to you got to try again. Sometimes it doesn't work out. No judgment here. All I can do is give you the objective, honest to God truth and data. And that is this country leads the planet and there is no real close second place on kids in single parent households, overwhelmingly single parent households by choice. And that society historically destabilizes when that happens. And if you need another added data point to show the point, poor kids in rural America tend to exceed the wealth of their families when they grow up compared to poor kids in urban areas because poor kids in rural areas typically come from two-parent households. And so they grow up in a stable household uh, where education is a focus and and, and they, they succeed. And poor kids in urban areas of this country tend to be from single-parent households and they stay in a cycle of poverty. If you want to break the cycle of poverty, get married, stay married, graduate from high school, have kids. People who have kids tend to be better off financially over the long term. People who get high school, get out of high school, do better than those who don't. There's a pattern and a practice to success in life. Graduate from high school, get married, stay married, have kids in that order. If you do that, you tend to break the cycle of poverty from your own family and from those around you. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. It's not a lecture. It's not condemnatory. It's just the truth. And it's something if we really do want to turn our country around, it's outside the hands of government to do this right here is something we ourselves must commit to do and fix. And frankly, a lot of church communities should and could be involved in this process as well. Now, I got to tell you about Vision Computer. Um, I, 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 I talk to you a lot about them. Let, let, me, let me just talk to you about them in a different way that you haven't heard before. If you have a tech problem, you can call Vision Computer and they'll answer the phone within 15 seconds. That's their, that's their guarantee. They'll answer the phone within 15 seconds. They can solve your computer problem quicker than you can get on Google and try to diagnose it yourself. Not only can they solve it, typically they can guide you on how to fix it over the phone or remote in to fix it for you. It's the genius of doing business with Vision Computer for your home or office. Whether you need a laptop or desktop built for your house, for your kids, for you, or for your office, for your employees, you let Vision build them and then all of your employees or you or your kid, in my case, it's my son, has the number. If he's got a problem, he calls Vision. They answer 15 seconds or less. They answer the phone. They diagnose the problem. Now, there has been a time where they answer the phone in, in 15 seconds and, and they said, we are so overwhelmed right now. We're, we're helping so many people. Can I call you back in 15 minutes? And they called back in less than 15 minutes. That's the sort of customer service we get from our house with Vision. And it's not because it's me. They do it for everybody. You can save money with Vision and have all your tech support needs taken care of. You go to visioncomputers.com or you call them 404-COMPUTE. 404-COMPUTE the number. If you ask about the Eric Erickson special, you can save even more money. And by the way, if you got a tech problem and you didn't get your computer from Vision, they're still willing to help you. For a small annual fee, they'll become your tech support too. Visioncomputers.com or 404-COMPUTE. 
Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I got to play you this. This audio is is unbelievable. Uh, This is a Fox News reporter in Washington, D.C. on a street corner in front of a CVS. It's not an exaggeration to say that this store is being robbed in real time. I've been watching it since we've been out here. And one guy even told me that he doesn't call it CVS. He calls it Previous. Also, you may be asking, well, what about security? They have an armed guard right through the main door, but one employee told me he's not really empowered to do anything, so the guard is almost just there waiting and watching as this is happening. And, Brett, there is a whole other element to this because when there is widespread theft like this, it's consumers like the rest of us who have to pay more as retailers try to make up for that lost income. Literally, it was being robbed as he was there. Violent crime is surging in D.C. as well. 38% spike in homicides is upending life for residents. There have been more carjackings this year in Washington, D.C. from 2019 to 2021 combined. It is not safe. Not safe at all. Uh, This is a city that painted defund the police on the streets. And, well, the chickens are coming home to roost on these insane policies. The district's had more than 216 homicides this year, 38% more than this point in 2022, and more than any full year from 2004 to 2020. Absolutely absurd. Um, Dangerous place. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.